Hello, everyone. This is Jim Lucy, Editor-in-Chief for Electrical Wholesaling and Electrical Marketing with the November 21st edition of the Today's Electrical Economy podcast sponsored by Champion Fiberglass. The company began producing epoxy fiberglass conduit fittings in 1988 and in 1989 developed the first conduit from epoxy resins that had flame resistance and low smoke characteristics. This met the most stringent codes and specifications. In today's podcast, we'll take a look at the latest pricing data from Electrical Marketing's Electrical Price Index and discuss some of the biggest construction projects that have broken ground recently. We'll also look at some of the weekly economic indicators that can give you a sense of where the U.S. economy and the electrical market may be headed. These five weekly indicators are initial unemployment claims at the state level, rail freight car traffic, the Baker Hughes rig count, oil prices, and copper prices. Our thanks again to Champion Fiberglass for sponsoring the Today's Electrical Economy series of podcasts for 2022. For the week ending November the 12th, the advanced figure for seasonally adjusted unemployment claims was 222,000. That's a decrease of 4,000 from the previous week's revised level. The U.S. unemployment rate is 3.7%, according to the most recent data released in October. Five states had the biggest decreases in unemployment claims for the week ending November the 12th. These states were Kentucky with a decrease of 3,322, Georgia with a decrease of 1,902, Florida with a decrease of 1,523, Texas with a decrease of 1,498, and Indiana with a decrease of 1,054. The six states with increases in unemployment claims of more than 500 were Minnesota with a big increase of 2,365, North Carolina was also over the 1,000 mark with an increase of 1,023, New Jersey had an increase of 957, followed by Montana with an increase of 874. Down the list a bit were Wisconsin with an increase of 573 and Pennsylvania with an increase of 561. One of the more interesting leading indicators for the overall U.S. economy is freight rail traffic, and that's a measure of the amount of raw materials and finished goods being shipped by rail. The best source for this data is the American Association of Railroads, or AAR. It publishes this data weekly at www.aar.org. For the week ending November the 12th, total U.S. weekly rail traffic was 490,350 carloads and intermodal units. That's down 2.5% compared with the same week last year. Total combined U.S. rail traffic, the carloads and intermodal units, for the first 45 weeks of 2022 was 22,285,808 carloads and intermodal units. That's a decrease of 2.5% compared to last year. When you look at the individual freight categories for the, in the November 12th data, you can see that once again, more of them are in the red than in the green, but there has been some positive movement in several categories. Non-metallic minerals, coal, farm products excluding grain and food, chemicals, motor vehicles and parts are all solidly in the green. Petroleum and petroleum products at minus 8.6% and metallic ores and minerals at 7.3% decline were the biggest decliners for the week. If you track the oil market, you're probably familiar with the Baker Hughes root count. This tracks the oil and gas rigs that are operating. This data is available by state, by basin, and nationally at www.rigcount.bakerhughes.com. This slide gives you an idea of the largest oil and gas deposits. It really gives you a good sense of just how many of the large oil plays are in Texas and Oklahoma, and how big an area the Marcellus gas region covers in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and parts of West Virginia. 
Now let's take a look at the drilling activity on both a state basis and a basin basis. The total rig count through November the 14th on a U.S. basis is 782 active rigs. That's up 219 rigs or 39% from this time last year. On a state basis, with 375 active rigs, Texas, as usual, is the nation's largest oil market. It also showed the biggest increase and has 104 more rigs operating now than it did at this time last year. With 71 rigs uh, operating more than last year, the Permian basis account for a big chunk of this increase. New Mexico is the only other state with more than 100 rigs operating. It has 103 rigs operating right now, and that's 20 more than last year. Oil prices have been on a bit of a downward jag over the past week or so, and the prices of West Texas Intermediate Oil dipped below $80 a barrel for a few days in mid-November. They hadn't spent any time south of $80 a barrel since September, but on this Monday, November 21st, they were at about $75 a barrel. Economists like to call copper pricing Dr. Copper because it's a leading economic indicator for future activity because it's used in so many industries. The construction industry is among the, one of the leading markets because of copper's wide use in wire cable and plumbing pipe. Over the past month, copper prices have remained in a relatively narrow band between $3.60 a pound and $3.80 a pound. But with the bond, equity, and commodity markets on Wall Street being in such turmoil in large part because of the geopolitical situation right now, we can expect more volatility in copper, at least over the short term. On November the 21st, Comex copper prices were at $3.64 per pound. While it's a bit early to call it a definitive trend, over the last month or two, we have seen a, a nice dip in electrical marketing's electrical price index. The changes are most notable when you take a look at the year-over-year -year data. In October, the year-over-year -year data follows September's year-over-year data with another increase that was below 10%. And as you can see in the chart, the year-over-year -year increases started in a double-digit manner all the way back in April in 2021. In what we might call normal times, a year-over-year -year increase is most often around 1%. Now let's take a look at the monthly increase data. In normal times, a monthly change is usually less than 1%. But when pricing started to go wild in the second quarter of 2021, it wasn't unusual to see monthly increases of up to 2%. We saw a decline in the monthly in uh, increase data for October of 0.69. And since May, the monthly change has been all, have all been below 1%. Despite the trend toward less volatile monthly and year-over-year -year pricing data, some electrical product categories are still in the extreme range. 12 key electrical products are still averaging year-over-year -year increase of, of better than 10%, and seven of them are more than 17% year-over-year. When you take a look at the annual basis, the ones with the largest increases are switchgear, looking at year-over-year -year increase averaging 22%. Fuse is still up over 19.8%. Circuit breakers up 18.2% on a year-over-year basis. Boxes up 18%. Motors up 17.3%, as well as panel boards also up 17.3%. Industrial controls averaging year-over-year 17.2%. Generators at 15.6%. Fasteners up still 13.2%. Non-metallic conduit at 11.9%. And power cables, the other product, up over 10% year-over-year with an increase of 10.8%. 
when you take a look at the data on the monthly basis, not not quite as extreme. We have power cable up 2.1% for the end of October data, transformers up 1.3%, fans and blowers up 1.1%. Those were the only categories for October that were up over uh, 1%. As you can see, the total index for October was actually down 0.7%. Some of the products that declined more than that uh, total index were fasteners, showing a 1.1% decline for October, non-metallic conduit down 3.6%, and conduit fittings down 4.7%. I recently updated Electrical Marketing's database of construction projects valued at more than $100 million, and I thought I would share some of the findings. The headline for, the, for what I found out is still definitely that the tens of, there's tens of billions of dollars in industrial spending for semiconductor plants, electric vehicle plants, or electric battery manufacturing facilities and data sensors that are already in the market on active projects or are pegged to projects that are now on the drawing boards. Let's take a look at some of the larger projects. Now let's take a look at some of these crazy big plants. Uh, the, the largest project that we have in our database and it was announced by Texas Instruments, and it said it's going to be spending $30 billion on fabrication plants in Sherman, Texas. Uh, not quite as large, but still quite enormous. Intel is going to be spending $20 billion in Licking County, Ohio, on semiconductor plants. Another huge announcement was Samsung's plans in Taylor, Texas, and that's for $17 billion worth of spending on some plants there. Uh, we have reported on this project previously, but it's too big to ignore. Uh, Ford says they're going to be spending $11 billion on multiple plants in Kentucky and Tennessee that will be for electric vehicles and EV batteries. Uh, the, one of the projects, very large, that wasn't in this uh, semiconductor or EV space, but it's definitely worth mentioning, is the new Terminal 1 at JFK Airport that broke ground in August. That is pegged at $9.5 billion total construction spending. Another very large plant, uh, facility, not, not in the the realm of EVs or uh, semiconductors is in uh, Louisiana, Plaquemines Parish, underway since October 21st is the Venture Global LNG Export Facility, $8.5 billion. We also have a General Motor plant at, at multiple projects that are going to be going in, and that is for $7 billion throughout Michigan. So as you can see, we've got some pretty huge projects here, uh, all the way going down the list, uh, that over $5, 6000000000 billion, not at all unusual to see these plants going, going in. We've got a Rivian plant for $5 billion that announced in Morgan and Walton counties in Georgia, uh, Kansas, uh, not too far from the Electrical Wholesaling's offices here in uh, DeSoto, Kansas. Kansas, Panasonic announced plans just fairly recently for a $4 billion plant. Uh, we've got a plant that broke ground in Savannah, Georgia, Hyundai Motor, electric vehicle plant near Savannah, $5.5 billion. So uh, yeah, as you can see on the slide here, we have got an enormous amount of spending on these plants. So um, just tough to say exactly which way the construction market will be going for 2023. It's going to depend a lot on region of the country, a lot on different type of construction verticals. But you can see in the manufacturing vertical why there's been and uh, so, so much spending and so much excitement about the, these plants. Uh, not exactly sure where they're going to get all the workers for these plants, but it is pretty enormous when you look at how these plants are coming in uh, into the U.S. And in many cases, uh, some of the, it is being stimulated by some of the federal spending, uh, the CHIPS uh, bill, which is going to be offering some financing and tax breaks for some U.S.-based semiconductor plants and that onshoring trend. But uh, we'll be continuing to follow these projects as they uh, break into the break ground stage. 
Special thanks again to the folks from Champion Fiberglass for sponsoring our podcast series for today's electrical economy in 2022. We've got some good news that Champion will also be sponsoring this series again in 2023. So we appreciate the support and hope we're driving some great visibility for their fine lineup of products. That's all we've got for today. Uh, please check in with us. Our next presentation will be on Monday, December the 5th. Until this time, I wish you a happy Thanksgiving. I hope you have a chance to spend some time with family and friends and loved ones. And maybe catch some uh, some sports of your particular interest, whether it's uh, football or the U.S. soccer that's going to be coming up. We've got a big match coming up on Friday after Thanksgiving, U.S. versus England. And there's certainly every football game you can imagine. So look forward to talking with you again in, on December the 5th. Until then. Be happy, be healthy, enjoy yourself on Thanksgiving. Take care.